Welcome to Last in Line Podcast, where we are highlighting, showcasing, and spotlighting great leaders of faith who have overcome adversity, cultivated resilience, and served others in a significant capacity. So settle in and be encouraged by this episode of Last in Line Podcast. What's up, gentlemen? Glad we could get together again. Hey, this is actually coming out. If you're listening to it in real time, going to be on Thanksgiving Day. So happy Thanksgiving to all of you. I don't know what time of day you're either in anticipation mode or comatose mode. And either way, glad you're here. Hopefully I don't put you to sleep. Uh, If the tryptophan is taking its full effect, you might want to postpone this listen. But anyway, if it's before Thanksgiving, great day ahead for you, even if you got some hard-to-deal-with relatives, which we probably all do. But, you know, who's to say we're not hard to deal with? So grace begets grace. Uh, They deserve it. We deserve it. Let's just be gracious and patient and tolerant and merciful and just be happy today. Let's just have, you know... Don't worry about how much food you eat. Eat a couple, two or three pieces of pie. Who cares? YOLO, baby. But I'm I'm I love Thanksgiving, if not for just the reason of the food, but for the groundwork it lays for my heart and spirit of the holidays to kick in. And now I'm in Christmas mode, ladies and gentlemen, mostly gentlemen. So for that reason. I'm bringing you today as a appetizer to keep on the food theme. Got a little starter kit for you for this episode. I'm going to give you the five, and these are indisputable. These are not just my opinion. These are gospel, factual, don't argue with these. Uh, go ahead and Google it on up if you don't believe me. Uh, no, don't do that because they. this is my my list. And it's an all-exhaustive list of the top five Christmas songs as well as the top five Christmas movies of all time, this time, of any future time to come. I got five, and I'm going to go in descending order, as most top five or ten lists do that know anything about anything. So number five on Christmas songs, the, the fifth best Christmas song, indisputable, is Oh Holy Night. The Kelly Clarkson version. And that's right. I'm going to give you the versions and I'm going to give you the actors of the movies because I'm doing top five Christmas movies too. Number five, Oh Holy Night. Actually, that one, at times that I listen to it, depending on my mood uh, and my psychological condition, that one could be a number two. Nothing moves number one from its one spot, just so you know, as I get there. So we'll go with number five, Kelly Clarkson's Oh Holy Night. Number four, Frank Sinatra's Silent Night. Got a lot of nights going on, right? So you think about fireplace, candles, nighttime, maybe even morning. I got instrumental Christmas music going in the morning now with my devotional time. So yeah, I got candles going. I got a cinnamon, orange concoction brewing, you know, boiling on on the stove all day long. I got the scent working in the house for holidays. So Silent Night is number four, Frank Sinatra version. Number three, and a lot of you are going to push back on this one. You're going to probably argue with me on this one, but Judy Garland does a great version of 
have yourself a merry little Christmas. And I love it. It's just really, really good. I mean, you could go with Carpenters, I guess. You could probably go with Michael Buble if you want. But I already had Buble on the list coming up next for you. But Judy Garland, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Number two is it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas with my brother, Michael Buble. Dude's got a good Christmas album. He's got three or four on there that I like. There's a couple I could do without. But for the most part, I give him an A- minus on his Christmas album. Buble's a stud. Um, number one and, and drum roll with me. Cause I know, I know you're going to do it with me. So drum roll, please. Number one Christmas song of all time. And I don't care if you argue with me cause you're wrong and I'm right. Nat King Cole, the Christmas song period. There's no context to put around that. There's no, uh, elaboration needed. There's no, um, expressive, emotional, explanation to that it is what it is and don't and that's it marking on the board championship for Nat King Cole the Christmas song all right number five uh top five movies okay and these are going to be disputed because I know some of you just get stuck in the traditional mud of certain you know a Christmas Carol or Miracle on 34th Street I don't I don't like those movies I'm sorry I just don't like them I don't I don't they never make my list they might make my top 20 of course they'll make my top 20 but I don't know that they make the top 10 but top five, here you go. And these are, um, I get it if you want to push back on some of these, but number five, we're going to go with Tim Allen with the Santa Claus. The very first one. Yeah, there's like three or four of them, I guess. But I, I never watched that movie until last year. My daughter-in-law is a big fan of of that movie. So we watched it. And I got to say, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. Big Tim Allen fan from, you know, 80s sitcom, but. You know, I, I didn't know that that would be a good movie, but it was decent. I liked it. Number four would be Will Ferrell, of course. Elf. That movie's got to make a top five. I don't know where you put it on your list, but it's got to be a top five as far as it cracks me up every time. Like, I can quote it. The the same lines crack me up every time. It's consistent. My my oldest son does not like it. He does not like the the dude, the grown man dressed up in an elf suit. Just doesn't like it. He's... I don't know. He's not even my most literal kid, but yeah, that gets all over him. Number three, Surviving Christmas with Ben Affleck. It's got Christina Applegate. It's got um, Gandolfini, R.I.P. Uh, it's got a couple other really good actors in it. Um, so yeah, that's a great one. It's it's hilarious. You know, it 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 flies under the radar. I don't think it makes very many top fives of Christmas movies, but check it out. Surviving Christmas with Ben Affleck. Number two, <clears throat> I would bet 90% of my audience likes this movie and probably does. If you were going to, you know, gun to your head, rank a top five Christmas movie, this would probably fall in there. So I'm going to put it at number two. That's, that's generous. I know it might be a little too generous, but I love it. And it might have to do with recency bias of, we just watched it last week and I've seen it like three times already this this season, and it's not even December. Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn and, <clears throat> oh, what's her name? Oh, uh, Reese Witherspoon. Jeez. And, I mean, Tim McGraw's in it. Robert Duvall's in it. Sissy Spacex in it. Uh, John Favreau's in it. I mean, just crazy cast of characters. Awesome. Um, but, yeah, that's a great movie. And the last but not least... I believe I even did an episode about 
this title probably two years ago. My favorite Christmas movie of all time, and it's right up there with the Christmas song as far as non-negotiable. It's indisputable. I don't even, I won't hear anybody that even kind of gives me a eh or a so-so or a, I don't know about top first position. I don't even try, I ain't trying to hear that. Miss me with that mess. Number one, best Christmas movie of all time. Jimmy Stewart, say it with me, all at once, one, two, three, it's a wonderful life. No disputing that. That's the greatest Christmas movie on the planet, in history, that ever will be to come. And I, I've seen it probably since I was 10 years old, once a year at least. Now, I don't now probably watch it as many times a year, but it's a staple every Either Chris, either Thanksgiving weekend, which is coming, you know, we're right in the middle of that now. Um, it might be this this weekend or maybe next couple weeks. But we always sit down as a family and watch it. I recommend it highly. And if you haven't seen it, please unfollow this um, podcast. I, I if you haven't ever seen "It's a Wonderful Life," Jimmy Stewart, please just, I mean, just close it down, delete your podcast icon, you know, app, just get rid of it because um, you and I are no longer friends. Okay. Here we go. The crux of today and feeling a little frisky today, people. But I got some areas where we just need to shut up. Um, two ears, one mouth. I got scripture for you. Um, two ears, one mouth for a reason. I, I, I am living proof that dadgummit, the, the scripture that says where words are many, sin is not absent. I am living poster child for that there could be a billboard with my face on it saying have you seen this guy who won't ever shut up now that just means i'm not a super talkative guy of course having a podcast that sounds ironic but i'm not just a chatty kathy but i do have a hard time biting my tongue whenever i'm strong in my resolve or conviction about a situation or how somebody's behaving especially when i'm involved or my family's involved but I could be a little too opinionated. So tonight I got today, not tonight, today, I'm off today. It's Wednesday. I'm recording it. You're going to hear it Thursday. Of course you're off if you're listening to it on Thursday. Got a little five-day weekend. Um, but look, I could probably bite my tongue way more than I do. And the sad thing is, is I'm better at it now than I used to be. Marinating that for a second. But yeah, I... I have a tendency to make my opinions known. Um, sometimes they're not always done with tact or diplomacy, but uh, I'm trying. So for those of you now that are listening that are perfect in this area, indulge me just once. But this one is going to be called Awkward Silence. Three areas silence will change your life. And the scripture I gave you or earlier is not the one I'm about to give you, but the one I mentioned that I had for you, the two ears, one mouth, is my beloved brothers. Okay, James is talking in James 1.19. My beloved brothers, like that's a that's a fancy biblical time version of bless your heart, you crazy run off at the mouth people. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. 
I don't really get angry very often, but I'm quick to speak and slow to listen. And I know that a lot of us have flipped that scripture backwards. So two ears, one mouth for a reason. I believe God wants us to listen twice as much as we speak. And times there are times, qualifying statement, as I always do, qualifying is there are times when we have to speak. And I am a little tired of the silent majority, supposedly, that's out there. I'm a little tired of people that won't speak their mind when it's necessary. But in this case, I think it's time to, to shut up and listen. And I'm talking to me primarily. So I think we have temptation to speak our minds because, A, I guess we feel like the world is dying to hear what we have to say, which they're not. Um, just like everybody that posts on Instagram thinks that everybody's just kind of waiting on pins and needles to view their post and hear their opinion and see their video and like their Instagram story. Like, I don't, that's not happening really that I know of, but I will tell you, why are we so quick to speak our minds? Like, I think pride is a big one. Pride could cover all this tonight. Pride, I'm going to just say that's an overarching banner theme over this, that if you're going, well, why don't we do it because of pride? Well, why do we because of pride? So that's going to be suffice it to say the thorn in our pride. I mean, side gotcha. So the, the other one I think is it's a defense mechanism for us. Um, I feel like we can shoot this figurative gun, right? We've got these daggers coming out in our words that we feel like we're in defense mode. And I mean, yeah, sometimes we need to be defending ourselves and the people we love and a particular cause or a particular stance or standard on some issue. Yeah, we need to voice our opinion, speak truth in love, right? But we can speak truth. It doesn't just say ponder truth and then just kind of sit on your hands and not do anything. But I will say we we do get locked into this. We got to spout off immediately because we are in defense mode. We, we feel like we got to get in competition mode. We got to get the last word mode. We got to win the argument mode with our spouse for sure. I get in that. I mean, even when I give myself the pep talk after I fail miserably in a conversation that turns into a disagreement that becomes an argument and a confrontation that then turns into, you know, 12 hours of silence between me and my wife. I, I, I give myself the same pep talk after every time. I'm like, why do you, why do you have to say what you said or how you said it? could have been said a different way. Or, hey, how about just push a button that's called pause and wait a minute. Maybe it doesn't mean that I can't say what I want to say, but it means just give it a sec. Play it out, marinate. But I know in those heated moments or in those moments where there's dialogue and interaction, you know, kind of a tit for tat, um, kind of a volley of words and, and points that are made, you can't just sit and go, hey, give me a second to think about this. Not always, but I would avoid a lot of my problems if I would just do that. So the insecurities come with the pride and the competition and the defensiveness. We're all insecure. And I feel like our arguments and our, our words and, and our quick to have noise come out of our lip area is our way of fighting those insecurities, overcompensating for those insecurities and and actually being more confident than we really are or showing that we think we are. 
And that's why we're, I mean, we're afraid of silence, I believe, because it's how we were, it was modeled for us in my house. There was not a lot of silence. Like my dad was kind of the, the alpha, the dominant, not kind of, he was the alpha. He dominated the conversation most likely, especially when it got heated or disagreements started to happen. He would raise his voice. He would get fired up. And that's what I watch. So that's what I emulate. And to this day, I can get there but it takes a lot longer. I don't have as short a few fuse depending on the topic. Now, if it's somebody coming at my wife, I'm, I'm immediately done like detonation. Okay. Like I don't have to think about it. If one of my kids disrespects my wife or one of them, you know, somebody on from the outside shows her some sort of disrespect or, or disregard. And, and, and I don't, I don't wait around for that, but our upbringing can do that. Like we could be conditioned to confrontation. And, and that becomes a habit, becomes a routine, unless you willingly, intentionally break that cycle. And I, I see it in my kids because of what I created. I see them, their level of uh, conversational intensity can get up in that level that is dang, could be potentially red, the red zone of, of conversation or argument, arguments and that's on me because that's what I modeled and that's what was modeled for me. So we got to break that cycle. Um, I feel like we're afraid of silence because we feel like that's a sign of weakness. That's that's waving the white flag. That's giving up. That's being defeated if you just don't say anything. Every situation's different. I'm not saying you don't talk in any of those situations. But go down the list. Do a, an exercise for me when you get done listening to this. Write down your last 10 arguments you've had disagreements, confrontations, um, and, and the last 10, doesn't matter who it was with, go through those and see, was there a point, just like you're watching game film if you're a football player, you go through, was there a point in this play, this argument, that I could have diffused the situation? I could have pulled the cord on how volatile it got. I could have stepped out, taken myself out of the equation, Go down and list those and, and put a star by the ones you could have avoided the argument or that it could have avoided escalating to the point it got. Put a star by those. I bet it's at least 50%. And even if it's only 50%, that's five out of 10 arguments you could have avoided. You could have spared your emotional trauma or whatever setback psychologically you might have had during that time or just the agitation and lack of peace in that moment, you could have spared yourself and the other person, really. Sometimes I think it's okay to let people walk away thinking they won. I mean, I don't, depending on the situation, but dude, I don't, I think if we have to win every argument, we're going to be really lonely at some point. Um, so I, it's not a weakness or a defeat if we just kind of pause, let some time go by, revisit the situation, the conversation, or just don't even have a comment. Just check out of it. Say, look, I see where this is going. We're going to agree to disagree. I'm out. Like it, it does nobody any good for me to continue this conversation because I'm going to get heated. You're going to get heated. We're going to regret what we say, and we can't take those words back. So I say we just pull the ripcord now on this conversation. Men, men that are listening, men that you are, the protector provider, the warrior, the soldier, right? The gladiator, the anchor of stability. 
the spiritual leader of your home, that's what we're called to do is to rise above those, to see those ahead of time and to call an audible of in the conversation. Check down at the line of scrimmage for a football analogy, and I'll just keep giving you those until you guys figure out what I'm talking about. I know some of you know. But, dude, just call an audible and get out of that conversation. Whatever original plan you had, get out and, and divert and pivot in the conversation. And I think the other reason, last reason before I dig in deep to the three areas, silence will change your life. Before I dig into those, I want to I want to just tell you one more reason why I think we avoid silence. I think it leaves room, in our mind, it leaves room for misinterpretation of our intent. I think it leaves room for a misunderstanding for context to be assumed. There's a lot of assumptions that can be made if we just kind of let a, a conversation fizzle. And I think we find it our responsibility, obligation, and duty to clarify to the point where we think the other person will eventually see it how we see it. That's why arguments happen. They never see it the way we see it, even if we're right sometimes. But if something's subjective that we're fighting about or there's a division or dissension that's happening and you can feel the level of intensity rise most likely nobody's changing their mind or it would have happened so pause stop back up okay get out of that situation when when you walk up onto a situation in the woods and i'm assuming i've never had this happen but i'm assuming if i spot a bear in the wilderness a hundred yards away and he doesn't see me, I'm pretty much going to just like back up taking, not taking my eyes off the bear, but as quiet and slowly as possible, I'm backing up out of the situation. Cause I know if I pr proceed, it could get hairy. It could get dangerous. Same in a conversation, back out, back up, stop, get quiet, slow down. Same thing you do if you saw a bear, right? Um, so, that's that's why I think we avoid silence. And I mean, if you're listening right now and you're a silent, you're a magician at knowing the right perfect opportunity to to execute the pivot in the conversation, to be silent, to back out and do everything right. Man, send me an email or DM me on Instagram and give me like five bullet points on what works for you. And man, I'll share it out there. And we'll we'll get everybody better at this if you're if you're really good at it. But I, I have a lot to learn. I'm 51 years old, been married 28 years, four kids. Uh, I I don't know. I'm a hard-headed, slow study. I'm a, I always was a late bloomer, I think. But I'm a really late bloomer when it comes to this, and I don't know what it is. I really wish I could take that scripture to heart and execute in real time, you know, slow to speak, quick to listen, you know, Two ears, one mouth, like shut up. Like that needs to be my first thought is less is more. Don't say anything. And then I can go ease into, okay, I can maybe say it this way and it would come across better. So the three areas that silence will change your life. Look, this isn't all about arguing. This isn't all about confrontation. This is about areas of your life. And yeah, relational is going to be one of them. But this is areas of life that'll that'll change drastically. Game-changing outcomes and production in these three areas if you just learn how to be quiet for a moment, maybe a longer moment than some other times. You know, Maybe they require longer pauses, but a pause can never hurt you unless it's a life or death situation, of course, and you got to make a call right then and now.
Um, so the first place is your spiritual life. I mean, you knew I was going there. Had to. That's where it's all got to start. Your spiritual life, if it's empty, if it's flaccid, if your spiritual life is flabby and weak, that's what you're going to be. Because we are body, soul, and spirit, and our spirit guides almost everything. That's our heart condition. So our spiritual life, we got to get in the Bible. Okay, we always talk about that. But you got to get in the Bible with limited distractions or zero distractions if if you can. And and I do the Bible on my phone, and I could probably do better at just actually getting a hard Bible, the the tangible Bible, and reading. And I've I've got that in my set of plans to start doing. But put the phone away, leave it in another room. Don't have the TV on unless it's like some music in the background, like light music, no words. Like I do instrumental. That way, it's not like distracting. But Bible time has got to be silent. Unless you're a really bad reader and you got to read out loud, and I'm not judging. Um, but that would be a small percentage of people above five years old. So Bible time, okay, your spiritual life, it's Bible time, prayer time, that's all kind of incorporated together a little bit. But spiritual time is prayer time, and you got to just sit, okay? I also say receiving time. So the time to receive, pray, read, but you're receiving in that prayer time. You're receiving that guidance, that wisdom, the Holy Spirit conviction, the learning opportunity, the direction that the Holy Spirit gives because he's the helper. The Holy Spirit's called the helper, and that there's for the reason that I just said, he's given you those ways, those those wisdom ways, those, those thoughts, those um, discernment, right? So he's giving you direction, whether it's convicting you to apologize for the argument you had the day before, which I got that yesterday about midday. I wasn't even in my prayer time. Well, I kind of was because I was kind of battling some stuff, and I had to just kind of stop in my car and go, wait. I went into prayer right there, just like a lot of you do. I mean, it's practical. You just by myself, just right there, five minutes maybe. And he just kind of impressed upon my spirit to like, hey, apologize. Even though I replayed every word, every step, every context, and I don't think – I mean, I think we were both equally probably at fault, but – Whatever. I, I went ahead and went out and it became the tip of the spear and put myself in front of the firing squad as apology, you know, humbly apology, apologizing. Um, but anyway, the, the spiritual life is the first area where silence will change your life. If you think you're going to go to a, a coffee shop and I want to I'm not even going to say suck bucks, the green logo people go to drink coffee. Don't even go there. If you're listening to this and you go to suck bucks, man, stop following this show. Stop buying their crap or stop following this show. One of the two. And I don't have a lot of followers. I don't care. Uh, I can't afford to lose people. But look, if you're going to suck bucks, man, I don't, I, I you need to research where they give their money and who they sponsor. It's all I'm saying. No, it's not all I'm saying. They're the biggest donor to uh, Planned Parenthood, which is the abortion capital of the world. And it's demonic, satanic, evil. So that's where I, I don't spend my money there. And I, my kids go there and I tell them every time they know not to tell me that they went to suck bucks because I will reprimand in a hurry. And that's not a place where I'm quiet, just so you know. This does not apply. 
Silence does not change my life in that regard. I will every time speak my mind. So that's number one. Three areas, silence changes your life. Number one, spiritual life. Second one's relational life. I will say, guys, I I went through a lot of that at the beginning of this, like on strife, disagreements, confrontation, dissension, division. Like, I think you get it by now why silence is beneficial. Get rid of all the things that I said earlier of why we are afraid of silence, why we have a problem with silence, what we think silence says about us, weakness, defeated. That's not it. Like, if you can get there you'll know that your pride is telling you that. The enemy's telling you that. The enemy's telling you, hey, say one more thing. you got to win. You're the man. you got to win. The enemy will tell you that. So I won't beat the dead horse on relational life, but that's one area too. On the three areas, silence will change your life. Relational, silence will change your life relationally, even with your kids. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but we feel like we got to always go into teacher trainer mode, coach mode, reprimander mode, disciplinarian mode, leader mode, which we do. We are leaders. We can lead different ways. But I promise you, hear what they have to say. Get their perspective. And then you come in with suggestions. Then you come in with truth. Then you come in with guidance. And then if you have to, you come in with mandates. But you do it in a way after you've listened and you've been quiet. That's why I say, you know, quick to listen is what it says, not quick to speak. So I can be quick to listen, and then I can be slow to speak. Bible doesn't say quick to listen only and never speak. It just says be slower to speak than you are to listen. And that's what we got to get. So the third area is your thought life, okay? Thought life is a little weird here. I, I don't know why I added that one, kind of because I think when we get the noise in our own mind, starts to get loud, and the moments of despair, insecurity, fatigue, hopelessness, misdirection, no direction, frustration, um, plateau, where you feel like you've just kind of, you're spinning your wheels, like that thought life gets loud. And so quieting that, actually, now that I speak about it, I do know why I put that in it. For this reason right here, we quiet those voices. We can quiet those voices of our own mind. Our thought life is what can get us into trouble. The louder it gets, the louder we let it get. That's a choice. The enemy is its own cheering section for misdirecting, manipulating, deceiving your mind, my mind. He has got a gold belt in deception and manipulation. He is the father of lies. So if we silence those, and there's ways to do that, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, taking thoughts captive as obedient to Christ, right? We can do that. Cast down every stronghold, okay? I mean, that that's 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 through 5, really. But verse 5 is, is huge. So yeah, we can quiet those times, the moments of what I just mentioned, despair, depression, anxiety, fatigue, insecurity, hopelessness, right? We can, absolutely. And we have to. That'll change your life. If we quiet that. The thought life has to be silent. Yeah, we can think about good thoughts, right? Philippians 4, 8, where it talks about think on these things, what are true, what are lovely, what are admirable, what are worthy of praise, what are excellent. We can think on these things. That's practical, right? That's easy. Although 
It's simple. It's not easy because it has to be a choice. To make it easy, we have to willfully, intentionally, proactively make that choice to go there. Otherwise, we go this other way that's loud, and those voices are loud, and they're debilitating. So our thought life, guys, we got to silence our thought life sometimes. Replace those thoughts. Speak truth to yourself. We just got to quiet the lies and quiet the deception. Okay? Quiet the enemy. And that's it, guys. I mean, that's these are areas where you've got to shut up. You've got to create silence. You've got to get quiet. You've got to get still. You've got to pause in order to win. And I will tell you, I don't think we'll ever regret it. I don't think we'll ever regret pausing or walking away from a conversation or stopping and coming back to it later if it's worth it. I mean, my pastor has, he gets emails every now and then, very few, but he gets emails of people can uh, uh, confronting him with something he needs to do different or ways they don't like the way he preaches or something he they think he's wrong about. He lets 24 hours go by before he responds to an email. And if you and I are going, we're, we're firing off a paragraph, two paragraphs in rebuttal, right? We're quick to, re, to rebut those confrontations. We're quick to come back at people. He lets 24 hours go. He's silent and he wins because either, and I think in most cases, he never responds. But in other cases, at least he's got sound judgment and he's doing it with grace and he's he's being uh, he's trying to come across with truth and love and, and and then he has you know less is better. So I think we need to probably lessen the number of words and then quiet down and don't use any words sometimes. And that's advice to myself, guys. I think I I'm like I said I'm hard headed and it's taken me 51 years to get better at it, but I'm still got a long way to go. And I want you to do what I said. Write down 10 of your last 10 arguments. Write down 10. Put a star by the ones you could have avoided had you just stopped talking that were actually not worth you continuing to speak. Any disagreements, arguments, confrontations, write a, put a star by those that you could have just paused and backed out of. And you could have just bit your tongue. You could have shut up. And it would have avoided a lot of trouble. I know it would for me. Guys, happy Thanksgiving. If you're getting this after Thanksgiving, I hope you had a favorable digestion. Hope you got a good nap in. And I hope you're diving in to leftovers. So I'm thinking of you when I'm having that spiral cut ham sandwich uh, the day after Thanksgiving. With that, be blessed.